Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. It is a great day for Talk Radio. Mixed emotions today in Saskatchewan. We'll talk about that shortly. The Humboldt uh, bus crash sentencing and uh, what all went down. Eight years given concurrent sentences to the individual that's been held responsible. But before we do that, let's get to Conrad Black, who joins us most Fridays here on the Oakley Show at this time. Good afternoon, Conrad. Good afternoon, John. You know, Conrad, I want to start uh, by dialing it back to something that you posted in the National Post last Saturday. You know, while everyone's been singing hosannas to Jody Wilson-Raybould, you were arguing that she's actually seen to be detrimental to certain economic interests in this country. Yeah, look, I... I think we need to know more about the facts, but the, the allegations that have been made that that as Attorney General she restrained the Crown Law Office from defending the interests of the federal government against the native people uh, indicates that there was a very serious potential conflict of interest there. She's a native rights activist, nothing wrong with that. It's a tradition in her family. Everyone respects that. But if, if, that, if that's her perspective, she would always have had to be extremely careful in any matters where the national interest, as, as officially protected by the Ministry of Justice of Canada, was being challenged by Native people or Native organizations. And, and I think there is a prima facie case that she did not adequately demarcate between her responsibilities as a as a minister and her preferences and and strongly held views as an advocate of native people and uh and, and i i regret to say i think there's a fair bit of evidence of that and i trotted out a bit of it in my piece last week now i think we want to get to the bottom of that and I, i'm not a mind reader i don't i don't know uh, madam Raybould Wilson. I never met her, so I don't pretend to know anything about her. Uh, and, and, and it's not for me to impute motives to people, but it is impossible for any reasonable person, I think, to look at some of these things that occurred and not wonder if she was not uh, wearing her native activist hat to, with an inappropriate zeal while supposedly acting in the impartial interests of the entire country including the Native people, certainly, but the entire national interest, uh, 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 that is to say, the collective national interest of all Canadians. Would you even go so far to suspect uh, maybe that played a role in her appointment to AG? I I think that it played a role in her appointment to AG, and it played a role in her removal as AG. Uh, As I said, I'm not a mind reader, and I don't know, but I, I think that there is some considerable evidence, and certainly I've heard a fair bit, though it's informal, it's not sworn testimony, it's just contacts I know, but that I judge to be somewhat reliable, otherwise I wouldn't have written this, that that even this government, the Prime Minister and the then Chief uh, Principal Secretary, Jerry Butts, uh, were becoming alarmed at the extent to which the Justice Ministry was was just becoming, in effect, an, an outright rubber stamp operation in favor of Native organizations. 
Now, she says, by way of follow-up, she's written a letter yesterday to the Justice Committee, says, we know you shut it down, but uh, I still have some things I'd like to table here uh, for consideration, including emails and, you know, correspondence and the like. Are you curious to find out what else she has to say? Yes, and I think uh, since she has requested it, it should be granted to her. But once she comes back, uh, she should be ready to take questions, and the committee should be ready to put questions on whatever matters they think are relevant. I mean, I, I, yeah, look, if she has more things that she wants to say, I think we err on the side of giving the major participants in a controversy like this the opportunity to get anything they want off their chest that's relative, relevant to what we're talking about. But I, I don't mean for her to come in and talk about her favorite baseball team. <laughs> and I assume that's not what she's asking for. Uh, so I, if she says she's got something more she wants to say, I think she should be heard. But once she's back there... Uh, I think we want to get to the bottom of some of this other stuff, because I think, as I've said to you before, John, I think this Lavalin business is, is, has been overdone and overcooked as a scandal and all that I can see. Um, the, you know, my views, I've said them before, are that we shouldn't be penalizing people for doing the necessary to do business in some countries where you have to give what amount to bribes to, to get the business. Otherwise, a, a business from another country, company from another country, gets that contract. Uh, as long as the individuals engaging in that activity on behalf of a Canadian company are not enriching themselves directly by doing that. Uh, I don't think we want to be Boy Scouts going out into the world at a terrible competitive disadvantage uh, in some parts of the world. Uh, uh, and we're not talking about you know, building bridges in Denmark or something. We're talking about countries with less clearly defined and enforced uh, rules about these things. Yeah, but then you've got the CEO of SNC-Lavalin coming out and discounting any idea that there were 9,000 jobs going to be lost or they'd move their headquarters from Montreal to London. So uh, that leaves the Prime Minister and his former Principal Secretary, Jerry Butt, sort of twisting in the wind because that's what they were adamant about. Yeah, I thought that, uh, let me be clear, well, I didn't think it was a great scandal. I made it uh, very clear that I thought the government had bungled it. What they should have done is, you know, and this is what we should all generally do, just say the truth and stick to it. And, uh, you know, give it our best shot to judge it right, say what we did and why we did it, and stick to it. I mean, I thought it was nonsense for, for Justin to say that I'm a, the member of parliament for Papineau or wherever it is. I mean, so what? I mean, Papineau's got, what, 50,000 voters? How many of them does he think are going to be you know, influenced by a thing like this? And I also wrote that I thought it was an outrage for Lavalin to threaten to move its office. I mean, you, you can't have the federal government of any serious country uh, responding to threats from a corporation. I mean, you just can't have it. So I, I think I think all of that is nonsense. But but on the other hand, I, I think the, the remediation request that, that there be, if adjudicated to be uh, to be blameworthy, a fine rather than criminal charges. I thought that was a reasonable request. Now, as I said. If there's a question of bribes in domestic business in this country, such as the bridges across the St. Lawrence of Montreal, the Jacques Cartier and the Champlain Bridge are both being renovated at the same time at great cost, uh, and there have been some suggestions in the press in Quebec that there's been some skullduggery in that, if you would want to look into that. If people are giving bribes in Canada, then that is a 
a criminal offense. It's got to be prosecuted. Let me ask you about Jane Philpott, though. I mean, this adds to the whole whatever, the, the sense that there's something. Well, she intimated there's a cover-up in her interview with Paul Wells in McLean's magazine. So, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think we'd want to find out about that, too. Now, I had, I don't, again, I don't know her either. I don't know anything about her. But I, I, you know, I just know, like, your listeners do what they, you know, what, what you read but, or what you see on television. But the uh, my impression of her was that she was in solidarity with her more uh, sort of as a fellow woman who she felt that they tried to bully and, and not had not treated properly. Um, if, 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 but if, look, if she thinks she has something to bring to the party and something useful to say, by all means, let's hear her. I mean, I, I think once you open up a major controversy of this kind, you you have to uh, err on the side of letting anybody who might have something relevant to add to it uh, do that, as long as it's not exploited by attention seekers and publicity seekers just to just to see themselves in 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 the public context. Conrad Black is on the line. By the way, uh, speaking of things spiraling out of control, uh, we're told it's imminent now. The Mueller reports to be tabled any time. We were even waiting, maybe anticipating within the hour, uh, by week's end, who knows, but uh, will anything of consequence come out of this report? I'm starting to think that the Mueller report will come out the same day the China-U.S. trade agreement is finalized. It's been one day to the next for the last two months, but um, uh, and the, I think the, oh, yes, the first thing is I think it will be absolutely clear there's nothing, nothing whatsoever to the claim of collusion between anyone in Russia and the Trump presidential election campaign. Uh, and I think you see from the fidgeting and hedging about and backpedaling of, of the Democrats and, and, their, and their echo chamber in parts of the national media in the U.S. that, that they realize that they placed their bets on the wrong horse. And Mueller, that Mueller has conducted, despite the rabid partisanship of most of his investigators, uh, an honorable investigation that has failed to find anything blameworthy to throw at the, at the president or his campaign. Um, I think it is also conceivable, since it was within his mandate, that he's chased down some of the connections that some of these Democrats had in Russia, and possibly including the Steele dossier, Fusion GPS, and so forth, in which case there will be some unpleasant surprises for the Democrats. But whether Mueller gets that far or not, the Attorney General said in his confirmation hearings, Mr. Barr, that he would get to the bottom of, of all of that, and I, I would say that Hillary Clinton, the former Attorney General Loretta Lynch, the former National and Central Intelligence Directors Clapper and Brennan, uh, former FBI Director Comey, his deputy McCabe, all of them, uh, all of them are probably going to the grand jury. It is quite clear from what we see that they all broke some serious laws. Yeah, there's a broad net that's been cast. I even hear that uh, Barack Obama's White House counsel might be implicated in that. So, I mean, it's murky. But Look, but the way that system works, you know, they roll over and point to the higher up. So yeah. you already see it. McCabe's pointing at Comey. Mm. Uh, Comey's pointing at Lynch. And Lynch will point at Obama. Yeah, sounds like a party game. Uh, well, that's American <laughs> justice. It ends in prison. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, you would credibly speak to that, Conrad. I appreciate your joining us this Friday afternoon. It's a great game, but it's not justice, but but they've got to face it. Yeah. All right. I've got to let you go on that note. Uh, look forward to reading your piece tomorrow in the Post, author, commentator, historian Conrad Black. Have a great weekend. Same, same to you, John. Thanks. All right.
Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 